The top 10 stupidest things ever said by Democrat politicians. Mr. Reagan. 10 is obviously an absurdly inadequate number. And while collecting the videos to put on here, I decided to do an entire AOC video, which is already up. Watch it after this one if you'd like. It's amazing. I also decided to do top 10 videos on Joe Biden and Maxine Waters. Watch out for both of those coming out in the next few days. And we start with number 10. But before that, I have to sell you something. What can you say about gold right now? It's zooming ahead, up around 24% since this time last year. It's projected to reach $1,600, even 2000 according to CNBC recently. And this was before the China virus broke out. With so much uncertainty at the moment, the stock market wobbling, gold in your IRA or 401k makes sense. Why? Because it acts like a balance. If stocks fall, gold will be your safety net. You don't buy insurance as your house is burning down. You buy it before it happens. Same with gold. Get it now before the price rockets even further. This is the breakthrough lots of people have been waiting years for, and it's fallen right into your lap. It's quick and easy to sort out. Noble Gold do all the heavy lifting for you. So call them today. No, no, don't wait. Call them right now. It's 877-646-5347. And get your insurance pinned down. Number 10, Maisie Hirono, Democrats are just too smart. (laughs) What is the thing that Democrats need to be saying about why the courts matter? One of the things that we uh, Democrats uh, have a really hard time uh, is connecting to people's hearts instead of here. And one of the reasons that, that it was told to me at one of our retreats was that we Democrats know so much that is true. And we have to kind of tell everybody how smart we are. Tell everybody how smart we are. Tell everybody how smart we are. <laughs> now, this is Senator Maisie Hirono. She is very likely the stupidest senator currently in office. She's not the stupidest person in all of Congress, but probably in the Senate. Maisie has had some gems over the years, but the idea that Democrats know so much that they have to tell everybody how smart they are. <laughs> Well, that's just hilarious. Just to be clear, it's true that Democrats tend to have more PhDs, stuff like that. But as has been pointed out recently with Bloomberg's moronic comments, a lot of farmers are a heck of a lot smarter than your typical PhD. I'm sorry, you don't need a PhD to be brilliant. And it's clear to me that a lot of members of this super smart political party are just morons. Maisie Hirono, in particular, should not be talking about anyone's intelligence. All right, moving on. Number nine, Obama. Some jobs are just not going to come back. (laughs) When somebody says, like the person you just mentioned, who I'm not going to advertise for, that he's going to bring all these jobs back. Well, how exactly are you going to do that? What are you going to do? There's there's no answer to it. He just says, well, I'm I'm going to negotiate a better deal. Well, how... What, how exactly are you going to negotiate that? What magic wand do you have? And usually the answer is he doesn't have an answer. The days when you just being able to, you just being willing to work hard and you can now walk into a plant and suddenly there's going to be a job for you for 30 years or 40 years, that's just not going to be there for our kids. What we have to do is to make sure that folks are trained for the jobs that are coming in now because some of those jobs 
of the past are just not going to come back. The president has delivered, at least to this point, what he promised. Mm. The, the manufacturing revival, the economic revival he promised in 2016 is well underway. 32,000 jobs added in manufacturing, 30,000 in construction. What magic wand do you have? How exactly are you going to negotiate that? Let's go sector by sector and look at the positive and negative here. A big difference here is in manufacturing, relatively higher paying jobs, where President Trump has done 386,000 more jobs, or that's been done under his presidency, than under President Obama. Just not going to come back. Just not going to come back. Just not going to come back. Wholesale trade a little bit better, and mining and logging also that was negative under Obama. How exactly are you going to negotiate that? Now, some of that has to do with deregulation and some efforts by the president to spur those industries. And people think he's the smart president. (laughs) Trump 2020. Number eight, Elizabeth Warren. I'm an Indian because high cheekbones. I have lived in a family that has talked about Native American, talked about tribes since I've been a little girl. I still have a picture on my mantle at home, and it's a picture my mother had before that, a picture of my grandfather. And my Aunt Bee has walked by that picture at least a thousand times, remarked that he, that her father, my papa, had high cheekbones like all of the Indians do, because that's how she saw it. And she said, and your mother got those same great cheekbones, and I didn't. The most brilliant thing about this absurd claim by Elizabeth Warren is that it resulted in the greatest nickname ever devised by Donald Trump, Pocahontas. Donald Trump has subsequently apologized for the nickname. Pocahontas, they always want me to apologize for saying it. And I hereby, oh no, I want to apologize, I'll use tonight. Pocahontas, I apologize to you. I apologize. To you, I apologize. To the, to the fake Pocahontas, I won't apologize. Number seven, Hillary Clinton. Businesses don't create jobs. Don't let anybody tell you that, um, you know, it's corporations and businesses that create jobs. Now, Hillary was trying to copy Elizabeth Warren here with Warren's famous no one builds a business all by themselves speech. There is nobody in this country who got rich on his own. You built a factory out there, good for you, but I want to be clear, you moved your goods to market on the roads the rest of us paid for. You hired workers the rest of us paid to educate. You uh, were safe because of police forces and fire forces that the rest of us paid for. The ideas behind that speech, by the way, total nonsense as well. The premise of their argument, so lauded by the progressive masses, is based on a fundamental misrepresentation of tax collection. That is, that taxes are collected from the common man. No, taxes are not collected from the common man. The top 1% paid a greater share of individual income taxes than the bottom 90% combined. The top 50% of all taxpayers paid paid 97% of all total individual income taxes. Basically, rich people pay all the taxes in this country. To say that there is no such thing as a self-made man is malarkey. Look, if you want to say that these business owners aren't self-made men because they are benefiting from the resources pooled by the federal government, fine. But that's not money that came from the lower classes. These millionaires aren't standing on the shoulders of the public. They're standing on the shoulders of other millionaires. Okay, if we're going to redistribute the wealth that they've generated appropriately, then we need to distribute it back to these other millionaires. And I don't think that's what Warren had in mind. But that's accurate. That, 
That's an accurate representation of how these businesses are facilitated by the public infrastructure. That's the real story. So Pocahontas' claim that the entrepreneurs of the world owe something to the public, the speech that first made her famous, it's total bunk. But Hillary wasn't quite clever enough to reiterate Warren's sentiment effectively. Something got mixed up, and she ended up claiming that businesses don't create jobs. Not only that, but... <laughs> Not only that, but don't let anybody tell you that either. If they start saying it, plug your ears and start screaming, reclaiming my time. Reclaiming of my fact, time. That's a little tease there for my Maxine Waters top 10, which is going to be hilarious, trust me. Number six, Nancy Pelosi. We have to pass the bill so you can find out what's in it. <laughs> We're very, um, you've heard about the controversies within the bill, the process about the bill, one of the other items, but I don't know if you have heard that it is a legislation for the future. It's, it's going to be very, very exciting. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. We have to pass the bill so that you can find out what is in it. We have to pass the bill so that you can find out what is in it. Now, I'm not sure when exactly Nancy Pelosi became intellectually deficient, but I suspect it was sometime during the third trimester of her mother's pregnancy. Number five, Hillary Clinton, School of the Jihad. Suppose you were meeting today to decide who got the vouchers. First parent who comes says, I want to send my daughter to St. Peter's Roman Catholic School. And you say, great, wonderful school. Here's your voucher. Next parent who comes says, I want to send you know, my child to the Jewish day school. Great, here's your voucher. Next parent who comes says, I want to send my child to the private school that I've always dreamed of sending my child to. Fine, here's your voucher. Next parent who comes says, I want to send my child to the school of the church of the white supremacist. You say, wait a minute, you can't send, we're not giving you a voucher for that. And the parent says, well, the way I read Genesis, Cain was marked. Therefore, I believe in white supremacy. And therefore, you gave it to a Catholic parent, you gave it to a Jewish parent, you gave it to a secular private school parent. Under the constitution, you can't discriminate against me. Suppose the next parent comes and says, I want to send my child to the school of the, the jihad. Wait a minute, we're not going to send a child with taxpayer dollars to the school of the jihad. Well, you gave it to the Catholics, you gave it to the Jews, you gave it to the private secular people. You're going to tell me I can't? I'm a taxpayer under the Constitution. Now, tell me how we're going to make those choices. This particular moment is one of my favorite stupid things said by Democrats. It's one of my favorites because a voucher system is so critically important for our country, and Hillary just proved how completely irrational the left is for opposing it. They call themselves pro-choice, but not when it comes to choosing schools for your children. They say they're pro-teacher, but not if that teacher might get paid on their merits. They say they're pro-black America, but not when it comes to actually educating struggling black children, clearly. Number four, Obama. 57 states. <laughs> it is just wonderful to be back in Oregon, and over the last 15 months, we've traveled uh, to every corner of the United States. Uh, I've now been in 57 states. I think one left to go. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about this. The, the guy was the president of the United States, and now he's the left's greatest hero. 
Okay. Number three, Bernie calling Wolf Blitzer Jake. <laughs> I love this one. We're going to Orlando next week. I'll tell you one of the issues that concerns me, Jake. That's where they're going. Isn't that good enough for you? No, what's good enough for me is it's not a game, Jake. This is whether or not we continue. That's what I'm trying to do. And when we do that, Jake, you're going to have a lot wolf, of enthusiasm. Wolf. Wolf. I am sorry. <laughs> I'm looking at the yeah. sign over there. Yeah, uh, do you have confidence right. in, uh, in the way Look, Hillary? Jake, all I can tell you is... So you, have, you, you think they Look, should go Jake, I don't, You're asking me questions. What do I know? There are, there are very few YouTube clips that I have laughed at more than this clip. And if, and if you find this on YouTube, check out all the comments under it. They are comedy gold. Number two, Bill Clinton. The meaning of the word is... The statement that there was no sex of any kind, in any manner, shape or form with President Clinton was an utterly false statement. Is that correct? It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Now, I remember watching this live on the day that it happened back in the 1990s. We didn't use the word cringe so much back then, but that's exactly what this was. Bill had been trying to use the ambiguity of word definitions in order to defend himself from a perjury accusation. He had clearly lied, but he was trying to gaslight everybody on the definition of a variety of words. Well, it depends on what your definition of currently is, or it depends on what your definition of oval office is, or it depends on what your definition of penis is. Stuff like that. And then came the most absurd attempt of all. It depends on what your definition of is is. <laughs> he actually pauses for a split second on that one. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. And I always imagined that what he was thinking in that moment was, don't laugh, don't laugh. It's hard to believe that there is a stupid thing stupider than Bill Clinton's questioning of the definition of is. But there is. Without further ado, the number one stupidest thing ever said by a Democrat. Number one, Hank Johnson, the island might capsize. <laughs> this is a uh, island that at its widest level is what, 12 miles from shore to shore. And at its smallest location, it's uh, seven miles uh, uh, between one shore and the other. Is that correct? Uh, I don't have the exact uh, dimensions, but uh, to your point, sir, I think Guam is a small island. Very small island and about 24 miles, if I recall, long. I don't know how many square miles that, that is. Do you happen to know? I don't have that uh, figure with me, sir. I can certainly supply it to you if you'd like. Yeah, my, my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and, uh, and capsize. Uh, we don't anticipate that. Okay. <laughs> okay, this one never gets old. He thought... The island would capsize <laughs> if too many people were on it. Now, I visualized islands in the same way when I was maybe three years old. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a sitting U.S. congressman. Let me just say that finding these clips was incredibly difficult because YouTube appears to be actively hiding videos that cast a negative light on Democrats or Democrat ideas. It's bizarre. 
Now, we're all aware that YouTube modifies its algorithm to reduce the number of subscribers conservatives like myself have and to constrict the distribution of our videos, etc. But to hide negative reporting on Democrats, that's another step toward actively manipulating the public to influence elections. Now, I am a firm believer in free expression, and that includes the people over at YouTube. But when the method that you employ to express your views is the suppression of other people's ideas, well, to me, that needs to be stopped. Your expression should not include silencing everyone else's. That's called oppression. I don't care if YouTube is a private entity. The practice needs to be regulated and stopped entirely. The free expression of political ideas is necessary for the health of any free republic. The U.S. government must regulate YouTube immediately. I know a lot of conservatives and certainly libertarians will not like me saying that, but it's true. All right, well, that's it for me. Thanks for watching. And remember, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. Good night. The principles of wealth creation transcend time, people, and place. Governments would deliberately subvert them by denouncing God, smothering faith, destroying freedom, and confiscating wealth have impoverished their people. Communism works only in heaven where they don't need it and in hell where they've already got it.